Last week, uh, lesson number five, we talked talk, uh, talk about the four necessities of growth. Uh, as we move on into our uh, study series, uh, the four necessities of growth, uh, we picked that up in the book of Ephesians, the third chapter, uh, and uh, it talked about being strengthened by might by his spirit in an inner man, being rooted and grounded in love, and then that we're able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and then that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. Those are the four necessities of growth. Any one of these things, any one of those four things that we lack in our life is going to hinder our growth. It's going to stun our growth. Our spiritual growth will be stunted. Last week we talked about the first and the second one, strengthening the inner man and becoming rooted and grounded in love. On the back side of that, we're going to go on, and uh, it's not a whole lot more in, in this one, but we want to finish it up. The third one is attaining divine understanding. Detaining, uh, attaining divine understanding now i want to go back and read uh ephesians chapter 3 and verse 18 there on your front page in your your scripture this is what he said that you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth the length and the depth and the height uh there's a, lot of, there's a lot of people within the body of Christ uh, have a hard time comprehending spiritual things. Uh, and we need to be able to grow to where we can do that. That's, that's the will of God. Number one, uh, may God never find none of us to where if anybody ever asked us a question of our uh, uh, the hope that lies within us that we not be able to speak right up and tell them what this thing is about. Hallelujah. Uh, now, the majority of the world recognize uh, Pentecost. When you say Pentecostal, uh, the majority of the world recognize that but still there's a good majority of the world do not know what apostolic is. That's one thing good that come out of this uh, jail time for, uh, for that Kim Davis. A lot of people, I heard questions made, they said, she's apostolic, what is, what is apostolic? Uh, and uh, I, I'm glad for that. Uh, you know, there, there is a difference than in being Pentecostal and being apostolic. Now, Baptist, let me put it this way. When you say Baptist, there are, there are, there are, there are 47 different kinds of Baptist. 40, I mean, and they, and they just because they, part of the name is Baptist don't mean that they all believe the same thing because they don't. They got different views. And so uh, underneath that umbrella called Baptist, you got the Southern Baptist, you got the Missionary Baptist, the Free Will Baptist, on and on General Baptist. 
That's the branch that I was, came up out of. Now, under the umbrella of Pentecostal, you got the assembly of God, you got the church of God, you got the church of God of prophecy, you got the four-square gospel, you know, and many, many other denominations that, that all claim to be Pentecostal. Apostolics out of that group are the only ones who believe in one God. Hallelujah. All the rest of them believe Trinity. They believe in the Trinity. Apostolic is what sets us apart. We believe in the mighty God in Christ. Baptism in Jesus' name. Fill them with the Holy Ghost. With the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And living a godly, holy life. Amen. After that. Amen. So it is the will of God that we grow and that we, under, that we attain divine understanding. It's the will of God that none of his children remain unlearned and ignorant of spiritual things. The Bible states we are to grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now look at there in your handout, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. That's exactly what it says, what I just uh, quoted there. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Hallelujah. So, this is one of our areas of, uh, of spiritual growth, that we grow in knowledge, that we, that, we, that we are able to comprehend, amen, the spiritual things, amen, to, uh, to, to learn these things, because the more that we learn, the more that we can, uh, that we can function spiritually uh, in the body of Christ. So, attaining divine understanding. Um, there's a lot of people. Let me give you an example while I'm talking about this uh, to show you how spiritually illiterate a lot of people are. I was... I picked up uh, somebody's uh, uh, notes, or I forget what, what it was at a church I visited one time, and and looked looking through there, and uh, they had written down there a man named Legion. Now I promise you. There's not a man by the name of Legion in the Bible. Do you know where they got that? Where did he get that? When Jesus got out of the boat and they landed in the land of Gadara, they, uh, the man met them who uh, uh, he, he lived in the, in, in the tombs. They tried to keep him in chains and he'd break the chains and uh, he'd keep his clothes tore off uh, and all of that stuff. And when Jesus came up there, he asked the spirits what their name was, not the man. Hallelujah. And that, that's something that, that, that we grow in spiritual understanding. If, if, you're, if you're working with somebody that's demon-possessed, you, you're, you're wasting your time by talking to the person. You've got to talk to the spirit within them. Amen. 
And the Spirit answered back, Legion, because we are many. Had nothing to do with that man. That man's name was, when he was born, his mama didn't give him the name Legion. And it, it, it blew my mind away that there was, there, there's some people in churches thinks that there was a man with the name of Legion. You know, uh, it's growing and attaining uh, uh, spiritual knowledge. There's something we got, there's something we have to understand and get, get used to. Uh, the, the people that we deal with today is not like the people uh, that uh, our forefathers dealt with uh, 40 or 50 years ago. You know, in apostolic churches now, we've got, we've got lawyers and we've got doctors and we've got all kinds of stuff. And when we talk to somebody, we need to make sure we stay on a subject matter that we know a little bit about. Amen. That's, I mean, we talk about different ways that we can make a reproach of God. You can make a reproach in a lot of different ways. But God wants us to grow in knowledge of, uh, of his word and spiritual knowledge. So grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Then the fourth one, that's one that I like, filled with his fullness. Look in verse 19 of Ephesians 3 and verse 19. And to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's what we're aiming for, church. That's what we're trying to, to grow into. Uh, uh, now, we as apostolics know the fullness of the Godhead. Uh, I think one of the songs that was sung this past weekend, it's all in Him. You know, and the Bible says, In Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Uh, so apostolics, they understand that and they know that. We make a big, um, uh, a big issue of it. But how many modern apostolics seek to be filled with the fullness as well? Amen. God wants us. If all the fullness of the Godhead is in Jesus, and if Jesus is in us through the Holy Ghost, what are we carrying? What do we have? That's why he said, greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. That's how that's possible. It's not possible any other way. It's not possible any other way. Hallelujah. Um, I want you to look at that in God's Word translation. I got that printed in your handout, Ephesians 3 and 19. Uh, you will know Christ's love, which goes far beyond any knowledge, I am praying this so that you may be completely filled with God. <laughs> Glory. That's what it's about. Completely filled with God. If you take a, uh, if you take a glass and you say, I'm going to fill that glass full of orange juice, but that glass is full of something else, 
How, how are you going to be able to fill that glass full of orange juice? You're going to have to get, you're going to have to get whatever is in it out. Hallelujah. And this is why it's a growing process because God begins to work on us and everything, and this is going to lead us right into our next lesson uh, really, really well. Hallelujah. Amen. As we get closer to God and we grow in the Lord, we keep getting more and more of God as we empty out everything else in our vessel that's not like God. Amen. We empty out everything else that's not like God. Hallelujah. Amen. The only way that we can get completely filled with God is that we completely empty out of everything else. That's what, that's what John the Baptist meant, Brother Paul, when he said, I must decrease and he must increase. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. I've got to keep emptying myself. Hallelujah. I've got to keep pouring out more and more so I can get more of God in. Hallelujah. And that ought to be the desire of each and every child of God. Lord, I want more of you. More of you. We, we sing that chorus like that around here sometime. More of you. Hallelujah. Amen. I want more of God. Thinking about that, about being filled with God with all of his fullness. Now let's just go ahead and go right on into the next lesson, the lesson for tonight. And we'll see what we get done with that. Lesson number six, becoming a vessel of of honor becoming a vessel of honor now there's two scriptures that we're going to use in reference to this second corinthians 7 and 1 and second timothy 2 verses 20 and 21 we're going to we're going to uh, uh, kind of weave these together second corinthians 7 and 1 therefore Having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. We're going to be talking about that just in a minute. Cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Cleansing ourselves. Remember I said our last one just kind of helped us to bleed into this one. We got to empty ourselves or everything. It's not like God before we can keep completely. As long as we got something left over of us or the world or whatever inside our vessel, we are not completely full of God. All right? Cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now, keeping that scripture in mind. Look at, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verses 20 and 21. But in a great house, everybody say great house. In a great house. Hallelujah. They're not only vessels of gold and silver, 
but also of wood and clay and some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, cleanses himself, there's that word again, himself, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and used, uh, useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Now, before I get into the differentiation between the vessels, I want, I want to bring something out to you about cleansing ourselves. As we begin to grow in Christ and draw closer to Him, there should develop a desire to be a vessel of honor unto God. And the way to do that is to cleanse ourselves from all filthness of the flesh and spirit. Cleanse ourselves. Now we know that there is a work that God does, uh, does to us in the new birth. When somebody with godly sorrow repents, they're baptized in His name, filled with the Spirit, or in other words, when they get the born-again experience, the blood of Jesus cleanses them from all their sins. Amen? That ain't something you do. That's something God does for you. You can't get rid of all your past sins. If you could, you wouldn't need Jesus. Hallelujah. But how do we relate that to this scripture where this scripture says cleanse ourselves? This is talking about somebody that's done gone through the new birth experience. God cleansed me of all my past sins. But folks, as I begin to live in Christ and grow in Christ, and I go from day to day, I've got to make sure that I cleanse myself. Hallelujah. Now, I got up this morning. The first thing I did this morning, I took a shower. But you know what? There's been several times through the day that I've washed my hands. Why would I want to do that if I took a shower at uh, 4.30 this morning? I might, I might, I might get myself sick of it, you know. Uh, that shower this morning was good, but through the day, several times I washed my hands. If you try to rely on what God did for you back when you were born again and you don't try and make an effort on yourself to keep yourself cleansed, the Bible says you're going to be worse off than you were in the beginning. Amen. Hallelujah. If, if we have a desire to be a, a vessel of honor of God, we've got to cleanse ourselves. Apostle Paul told you how to do it. He said he, did, he, he cleansed himself this way every day. What did he say? He said, I die daily. He's talking about the same thing. Hallelujah. Every day of your life, you're going to have to die out to yourself some kind of way. Hallelujah. You're going to have to die out to your flesh, to your will, to your desire. If you don't, 
even though you were cleansed by God, you walking around dirty, and God can't make you a vessel of honor in his kingdom. Amen. Cleanse yourself. He said, let us cleanse ourselves. Now, there's two, there's two areas that we cleanse ourselves. Number one is our flesh. He said, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. What, what does it mean by cleansing ourselves of the flesh? Romans 12 and 1 tells us what that is, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. You may have repented and got baptized 10 years ago, but your life might not be acceptable to God right now. Hello? Amen. If we haven't been cleansing ourselves, allowing the Spirit to work its way within us, present we, are, we cleanse our flesh, and this kills what the, some people say, well, God don't care about your body. He does care about your body because your body is his tabernacle. Your body is what he lives in. Hallelujah. And God don't care to live in no junk heap. Hallelujah. He wants it to be holy. He wants it to be holy. Beseech you, I beg you, I plead with you, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. He's not talking about your spirit, not talking about the inner man. He's talking about your body, your house that you live in. Hallelujah. Acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. God don't ask none of us to do anything under, out of reason. Amen. And do not be conformed to this world. When they told Kim Davis... Because of what the Supreme Court, you're going to have to conform and go ahead and sign your name to all them marriage licenses. She says, uh-uh, buddy. She didn't conform. She didn't conform. There's a whole lot. See, that's why I say I really believe this. God is in the pro. We're, I'm going to tell you the time that we're in right now. We're in the time where we're not going to do it, but God's going to do it because the Bible says God would do it Right at the end time, we're, we're beginning, just now beginning to enter, enter the time that God's going to take care of some of the tares. That's been up next to the wheat. God's going to take care of that. Hallelujah. Those, and, and, I, and I said this a few weeks back, those that's not really for real and genuine is not going to be able to handle what's going to be coming upon this planet. He ain't, ain't going to be able to do it going to take somebody for real hallelujah so make your reasonable service and don't be conformed to this world but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable perfect oh the lord help me to be in your perfect will not your permissive will god i want to be in your perfect will so cleanse ourselves, our flesh he said Cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of spirit. Now, that spirit right there is small case. That ain't got nothing to do with the Holy Ghost. That's your spirit. That's your spirit. What does he mean? Let's look at uh, 1 Peter 3 and 4. 
He says, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of a great price. Now, right there, if you read all of that in Peter, that's where God is talking, talking to the ladies of the church how uh, they should adorn themselves uh, and how they should dress. And uh, he said, let it be your adornment. He said, let it be the hidden man of the heart. So we gotta, we got to cleanse our spirit. Uh, the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great prize. Psalm 32 and 2 uh, reads like this, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit, not your flesh, but in your spirit, there is no deceit. So there's two areas that we have to work on. We have to work on our bodies, our flesh, and we have to work on our spirit. Because just like uh, 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 we work on the flesh, we work on our heart. And, and you tie all that in with your heart and every, everything else. And Lord, let me have the right attitude. Let me have the right spirit. Amen. And that's all together. And we do that for one thing. And that one thing is this that we become a vessel of honor to the Lord. Um, I meant uh, to do something tonight, but I hadn't, I hadn't been home. I, uh, I, don't know. I, wish, I wish that when we was turned in the prayer request a while ago, I'd, uh, I'm praying that they'll hurry up and hire about 40 bus drivers in Metro. <laughs> Uh, I guarantee you, we we would put that many to work. But uh, but I hadn't I, I hadn't been home. But I tell you what, I wanted to do, if I um, if I could have snuck there in the kitchen out of Sister Darlene's china cabinet and not got t too troubled about it, I'd like brought a, one of her uh, china plates. And though that that pretty set of china we have had for several years, but the amount of times that they've been taken out and used, I could probably count on both my hands in 40-something years of marriage. They are only used for special occasion. Somebody comes over and there's a special occasion, maybe a holiday, whatever, I get to eat on that nice china. But a lot of the rest of the time when I'm just there, my meal is given to me on this. For one thing, it don't have to be washed. <laughs> but, and you know what? This serves the purpose. It serves a purpose. But when that fine china is used, it is cleaned. And it's put back up in that china cabinet that's got them real nice pretty lights inside that shines down on them for display. You know what happens to this after it's used? This is why I want to cleanse myself of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit because this right here is what God does to all vessels of dishonor. They're not treated like the fine china. 
They're used, and I'm going to give you one example, and I could give you more examples in the Bible. But I'm going to give you the example of Moses and Pharaoh. Now, everybody, everybody would agree that Moses was a servant of God. He was a vessel of God. But I want you to know something, church. Pharaoh was just as much a vessel of God as what Moses was. But Moses was the fine china. He was the vessel of honor. You know what happened to Pharaoh after God got through using him? This right here. This right here. Look at the scripture. Out of a, There's many of scriptures there in the book of Exodus and Numbers and, and through there about this. But look at Exodus chapter 4 and verse 21. God told Moses something before he even got down to Pharaoh. Now, when, uh, when Moses went down there, you know, he finally decided to go. God had to do some twisting, uh, you know, to get him to go. And then after he went, and then Moses run him out and didn't do anything, Moses didn't understand it, and he complained to God. We always talk about the children of Israel. He, he complained. But see how it is? It's easy for us to forget what God tells us sometimes. Exodus chapter 4, verse 21, And the Lord said unto Moses, When thou goest to return to Egypt, See that thou do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thy hand. But I will harden his heart, that he shall not let the people go. You see, God used the sinfulness of Pharaoh's heart. He used Pharaoh as a vessel to show his great power throughout all Egypt. God wanted to leave the Egyptians a testimony about what his power was really like. Amen. He wanted to demonstrate his power. And he used Pharaoh, Pharaoh's unrepented condition, to do that. Pharaoh was a, I, I, I submit to you tonight, Pharaoh was a vessel of God. But he was not a vessel of honor. He was a vessel of dishonor. When all was said and done, he was cast aside. So that's the importance right there. That's the importance and the difference of being a vessel of honor and a vessel of dishonor. 